to the Deep Democracy Podcast. I'm Winelia Rivera. And I'm Gina Cristo. On this podcast, we look at what's happening in both local and national politics from a different perspective, what we call deep democracy. The belief that those at the margins should be at the center and that including all voices gives us a more complete view of the system. We look at everything from gerrymandering to abortion, immigration to climate change through that lens, which means that what you hear on the show is going to be a little different than what you hear on most political shows. Or a lot different. We hope you enjoy it and we hope to hear from you too. Now, let's get to today's show. We're finally back. Oh, my Lord, Lord. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it really did. It came from um, us being lit because everything's lit. It is. And um, I just need you to know I'm somehow more lit in 2020 than I ever have been. Yeah, just got a whole glow about there it. There is a whole glow that comes with it. Fire. This, yeah. It's a fire for the decade. A fire for the decade. You know, people are out here just thinking that 2020, no, no. In 2020, if you're really about it, you're yep. thinking about the next 10 years. I agree. And not just thinking, actually putting plans together. Plotting. And plotting and bringing the people and the ecosystems of the people that are going to get the shit done. Yeah. The doers. Yeah. So can you believe we're actually in 2020? No, I can't. And that we're two election days in. And it's it's still just February. It's a fucking 14th. (laughs) I feel like it's been 2020 for like three years. That and the, first of all, like... I still believe we need to do what they did in Puerto Rico a few weeks ago. Because, you know, January was a bad month in Puerto Rico, yeah. folks. It was just, you know, a lot of... Lot of you Honestly, know, it was a bad month for everybody. everybody. But in particular in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. But these motherfuckers, I love my people. You know what they did? What they do? They decided to do New Year's over. They were like, fuck, we're canceling January. Everybody can't, went back to La Placita on February 1st. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they redid the fireworks, the whole thing. They just re-kicked They're it like, off. They're like, we're doing it. We're like, yeah, fuck that. They're like, the shit was wrong. It was fucked up. We don't know what's happening there, but we're going to do a restart. A collective fucking island-wide restart. Oh, my God. So just saying. Just saying, America, we need more fucking joy, and that's why we have us on our airwaves. We need more joy. <laughs> so that you can have some laughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because, no, really, honestly, like, the news is just, like... It's too much. But, like, but, no, and this is when I start going into my little, like, you know, dorky stuff, but... Mm-hmm. The reality is, is that like we're living in a physical world mm. that we have done so much harm to mm-hmm. it that it's now it's now people are living the anxiety of the harm that we've created. Yeah. And it's wow. just everywhere. Sorry, I went there. No, that was like we're like, God, and I, really we're wish back. Y'all, I really wish y'all could see Gina's face. I was just Gina like, is fully, fully, fully in her Rachel Maddow look today, y'all. I am. I like am. fully. Yeah. Like the glasses are just, just and my amazing. hair is really at like yes, peak Rachel Rachel length. The, yes. the bangs are just Perfect. Oh, look at how they this move. This is my little, my little Sue like O'Connell, she's like, Rachel Maddow she's like vibe. Righteous, you know, she righteous. gets really upset with it. You guys can't see it, but I'm, I'm swinging my hair like the beads. Yeah, no, this year has been bananas. Um, we are drinking out of a fire hose of motherfucking bullshit all the time from every angle. Doesn't matter if it's the official government. Doesn't matter if it's the fucking campaign Democratic Party bullshit fire. There's lots of pop culture things that are challenging. Like, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. Let's get into it, girl. Let's get into it. Okay. We actually, uh, the primary season is officially underway. We are six weeks in. According to the establishment, um, Uncle Joe was a front runner last year. Yeah. And now that they've shifted their narrative, yeah. um, it's now the Clomentum bullshit and Buttigieg Mentum, whatever, however well. Mayo how, P. Mayo P, exactly. Like, it it just, you know, it just really tells you how scared everybody is of a Sanders or, or Warren, Warren administration. Yeah. And to be clear, folks, you know, I mean, we all know. 
G- our, our girl Gina here is all for E-dubs. The E-dubs Love of me dubs my nerd dubs. girl. Um, you all know that as a strategist, I'm here for the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but really, no, all jokes aside, like for me, Bernie, Bernie, Warren, I know the different human beings, right? I know that. I know that, right? Um, but for me, in, this, in the sense of like what's going to get us to November, I'm okay with either or. I'm not going to get into the fight. Because what I need Democrats to do is not air out all their dirty laundry every single day. All the time. I know. Looking ridiculous in front of America yeah. who doesn't want to vote in the first place. Yeah. And then you want to be mad at people when they don't go out and vote. I don't want to start shit talking Bernie like the first two minutes into this podcast because I'm really I'm trying not. to. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about oh, myself. Okay. I'm right. talking to me oh, right okay. now. I'm like, Gina, like meditate on say, that. Gina just gave me like this really like concerned nope. look. And I'm like, what no. did I say? Sorry. I was trying to like <laughs> send vibes to myself. Send, but, send, send vibes to yourself. You know, like I just I feel frustrated by something, some some. Things that Bernie Sanders isn't being criticized for or recognized for. And like as a Warren supporter, I am feeling this this lack of nuanced conversation as it relates to Elizabeth's placing and Bernie's placing mm-hmm. and certain other things. But let's talk. Let's let's talk about what a goddamn mess Iowa was. Well, you know, we know what it's like to, lo- to lose close elections. Do we? <laughs> but in Boston, we know how to count. Yeah, I, apparently. we do. We literally um, do. Not in Iowa. No. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever I, I, know. It, I, you know, it may be too soon, but I'm taking the Band-Aid off. Sorry to our local Boston listeners. I'm cracking jokes about the recount now. Yeah. Like, we can fucking go there. Well, no, he's um, there. Not me so much. I'm there, so I apologize to all those involved that still aren't ready, but I'm, I'm fucking ready. We're just gonna, um, yeah. So apparently they needed some mass poly operatives um, yeah. in Iowa so they can, like, uh, count up their, their votes. Is this shit true that the CFO didn't know how to use a Google, Google Sheet? Sheets? She didn't know how to use a Google Sheet. I mean, let's be real, Gina. How much time do we spend of our working days explaining technology sh- to boomers you know but it's okay and but, boomers know? also not in the literal category but the metaphor sometimes as well thank you sometimes you got a millennial I, boomer I mean, you Lord got some 40 old woman I got my tendencies you know well Gina's why are you why are you talking about me to the listeners I'm like not this? I'm not <laughs> it's not you know but it's weird when you tweet a quote from an article and you don't post the article with it I'm just saying it was in the following tweet okay all right. You know, all right. I'm all just, this protocol just, that I can't your, keep up as with. As your creative director. Um, you, but, you know, know, but I think at the end of the day, like, what's... Look, the misogyny overall in the race is real. I think that that's... That is... You know, I think that the biggest thing that I'm... I'm as a takeaway and a bigger picture of all of this is that this country clearly does not want a woman to be president. I agree. Like, it is, like, so... It is so clear that it hurts my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I've said this to you the other day, from my estimation and and where I sit, I believe she's done everything right. Yeah, I agree. You know, like she's, she's actually designed a campaign that's able to learn and build as it continues, right? Because if you're actually running a campaign for the people, you got to have a process for people to have a feedback mechanism to actually shape what's happening inside of the campaign so they can feel like they're, they're, they're part of something. So all of that is happening. And what I need people to do is calm the fuck down. Yeah. Because only 2% of the fucking delegates have been given. Yeah. The magic number is 1990, guys. That's how many delegates you win. Yeah. And the reality is, is that the scenario of us not having a nominee by the time we get to Milwaukee could be a very real scenario. And guess who gets to pick then? Super delegates. Who are the super delegates, Gina? They're fucking party elites that want to protect their power and their whiteness and their money. (laughs) 
just objectively speaking. Well, they're also there. There are many. There's some elected officials, or you know. But look, at the end of the day, I think this gets to yeah. The... Maybe it's some of the fucking motherfucking elected officials who are endorsing Bloomberg. Like I don't, I don't trust them. No, I'm man, sorry. That's another. That's another reality right there. That's kind of, it's really freaking that's crazy. Really giving me heartburn. But back to the sexism for a second. Yeah. You know, people point to well, uh, Warren's quote unquote like moderate steppage for her decline in progressive support in particular when she rolled out her Medicare for all plan mm-hmm. as a four year plan mm-hmm. the internet hammered her on it and then Bernie did the same thing this week mm-hmm. and no one talks about it she has Elizabeth has more delegates than fucking Amy Klobuchar she like there's so many states left there's so many people in the field I just like it. the erasure is like really hurtful mm-hmm. and also as a woman who like I'm voting for Elizabeth because I want to vote for a nerd lady like nerd ladies need our representation okay like i need to see this like dork woman be my president okay we all need it all the women and lesbians who are in that room in new hampshire with me they're all dorks okay and like yes i'm excited for bernie yes i think he will do well but we also have to be objective about his shortcomings he endorses pro-life democrats he has surrogates who are sexist pieces of shit who've said some really fucked up shit and and I know we have, I guess we have to get the sexist fucked up people to vote, but like, can't we do that in the general? Like, I don't need Joe Rogan leaning in on this primary. And that's I mean, my I think, struggle. I, you know, I think my, and you know, my struggle with it all, that it's just all the same people talking to each other mm-hmm. and we're not talking to the actual people. The yeah, largest, circle jerk. The largest, exactly. The largest problem we have in our, in our democracy that it's a brand that nobody, that barely, that, that very few of us actually still believe in. Yeah. When we're having these, uh, basically these, ba- literally conversations in a closet. That's basically what Twitter yeah. is. It's a big ass fucking closet of like people in politics. But yet they make that, they make that one closet yeah. feel like it's the fucking world. Because guess what? It really fucking isn't. It's not. It really isn't. And also, everybody has their own closets, right? Because, like, according to my timeline, Elizabeth Warren is already president. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and sometimes I think about that where I'm like, we are so siloed in our boxes. It's it's really crazy. But, you know, the story I think that's getting, and I really want to hear you mm-hmm. talk about this, the story that's really kind of getting underrepresented is turnout. Yeah. Turnout in Iowa was not good. It was low. And the New Hampshire turnout was like... It met the 2000... I think it surpassed 2008 by a little bit. Yes, um, but it's because there's more eligible voters. Oh, that's so interesting. It's, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I read in the New York Times last okay. week. That like it broke the record in 2008 and obviously beat 2016, but based on the percentage of people eligible to vote, it's actually not statistically significant. Gotcha, gotcha. It, I, mean, it, I mean, it really isn't. I mean, look, the, the, look. I think that the, the number one thing that folks need to need to realize is that this is to win. It has to be about turnout, and also has to be about swing uh, swing elector about about swing voters, right? right? Um, but what a swing voter means is it. it what it, who's a swing voter is determined by so many factors within a particular state and location, right? So, right. like, thinking about, like, like Latinos between the ages of 18 and 40 in Texas. Right. Why they're going to be a swing voter vote, voter electorate in Texas? You know why? They got statewide. They got Senate races happening over there. They got congress, competitive congressional yeah. races happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the and the infrastructure that's been built there by organizations right. like like Texas Organizing Project and right. intermediaries like Way to Win, right. like, they're they're priming the pump. And they also have an actual demographic boom that's yeah. happening right so that so we gotta stop the debate about turnout versus swing right. it's it's both it's we need them both to win yeah but the reality is is that the turnout is not voting well for democrats no, it's not. and what is showing what i kept keep on saying is that it is a sad state of affairs 
that in the year of 2020 and we're year four of, under DT's administration, the Democrats still don't know what kind of party they want to be. No one's decided. No one, you know, you know what party they want to be? The same party that keeps people of color in the back, mm -hmm. the same party that keeps gay people in the back, mm -hmm. the same party that says, wait your turn because mm -hmm. we're going to get to it next time. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it just, it, it's... Who do you want to be? Are you going to be this big extended family where you just leave all the all the all the all the misfits on an island and you just bring them on whenever you want? You better leave those misfits on the island at your own peril because we'll start our own shit. We're getting shit and done. we have. <laughs> but you know, but it's not just that, but also the fact that like you know, we always talk about how this country is obsessed with like millionaires and obsessed with like money and like everybody thinks that they're like they're going to be rich someday. Yeah, like. That explains everything why Bloomberg is going up, right? And what I hate is like somebody actually had the audacity to ask me, well, this should, dem this should demonstrate that TV political spending works. Fuck you. That's so obnoxious. That's was, so... Wasn't it obnoxious? That is so obnoxious. I was literally like... He literally poured like $300 million into television. No one should, A, ever have to do that for democracy. And B, no Senate campaign or congressional would ever... Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And and, and for the for the fun facts, because I want to make sure people get this, it's $188 million that yeah. Bloomberg has spent in the last... What, what? How long has he been running now? Two months, maybe? Since, no, he's been running since... November of last year. I just feels like but we months. didn't pay attention because he was he was chilling, yeah. right? And now he's really he like was, he was you know s selling selling his selling the soul, doing right? whatever he's doing. I mean, and I think that's the, I mean I don't know if you just saw the recent announcement the the, the Houston mayor, Ugh. came out in support of Bloomberg. You know the money, man. I it know. all comes back, it to, all the comes money. back to money. It all comes back and to money. You know, and and not just that, but like I even and he just came out on top of a poll in Florida. Kill this morning, me dead. And you want to know what I'm hearing too in the ether out no, there? What are you hearing? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm like I'm crushing Gina's spirit. Oh. Um, yo, some people are putting out as an idea for him. Don't even say Stacey Abrams as the VP. Is no, that no, right? no, okay? No. Whew, no. All right, I was like that he should pay. You know how Florida? The they uh, well two years ago. Um, for folks that don't know. Um, after many years of organizing, um, folks uh, were successfully able to get ex-offenders um, to reinstate their rights to vote. So voter enfranchisement, right? So what did the new Florida oh. governor decide to do? Republican, right? Um, he decided that they were going to reinstitute a poll tax. So basically anyone that now can vote that wasn't able to vote before would have to pay an additional fee so they can get back to voting, right? How is that allowed? Um, because it's Florida. And they just, Florida. You know, it just, you know, it just, it just goes how it goes, right? You know what? They, you know what they're proposing. Some people are proposing that Mike Bloomberg do pay all those poll taxes, so that people can go out to vote, and then just have a strategy based on that, so he can get the black vote. What makes me upset is that I feel like that could work. Exactly, it's Machiavellian, but it's, it's but but I think it's an important point to rot to 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 raise on for for our listeners because we forget that democracy is a product in our market. Like we're we're a capitalist yeah. we're a capitalist society we're a capitalist country. Yeah, we may want to be a lot of different things. I mean, I know in my heart I do, but that's what we are. Yeah. that's what we're we're navigating. So if we look at democracy <sighs> as a brand in our market, yeah, it's not some shit people want to buy. I know. That's why nobody participates. It's like it's it's fucking it's Woolworth. Yeah, and guess what Woolworth is? It no longer exists. Yeah. Oi, I know. I know. I know. Which is why we've got to transform our democracy. And we need to elect people and nominate people who can turn out the rising American electorate. <laughs> and I swear to God, if I have to live through Bloomberg being the goddamn nominee, I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind. You won't, you won't lose your mind. You'll be fine. Okay, but I will have a very intense vein on my forehead <laughs> okay. for like six months. 
I was actually I was talking I went up with a um, just for listeners who don't follow me on the internet I went up for Warren um, in the primary and I brought a bunch of lesbians up with me we called ourselves Dykes for Warren and we had dinner again this week and we were like what the fuck are we gonna do if fucking Bloomberg or Amy Klobuchar is the nominee and we came to the conclusion that we're gonna knock one packet All together? One oh, packet? No, no. Oh, each. Okay. One each. Okay, okay. I mean, that's generous. And then we're going to pursue down-ballot candidates. So we're going to be down-ballot dykes. Then we'll... Well, that's fitting. Down-ballot dykes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it y'all. It is. Sorry. That was just so... Was just, I like that. Down-ballot dykes? Down-ballot dykes. That, I feel like we need to just create like Maybe a Maybe we should just do it anyway. Can we create a league and just call it down-ballot dykes? Yeah. Could we get crew next? You and your fucking crew neck. Girl. I swear, any opportunity for you to wear a crew neck, you like bring it in. Because I put a little collar it, it underneath it. It could be like it. a drinking club, you know, a or something. Club. We're like the Don Ballet Dykes, yo. Okay, it could be a drinking club, Y'all, but we have to knock on first doors. First of all, for when this episode comes out, I need our <laughs> listeners to get on Twitter and let us know whether you would come to Don Ballet, Ballet Dyke Nights. Down ballot dyke nights, yes. And we just like pick a random bar. Yeah. You know, we'll let we'll reveal what the bar is the day like of last minute. Last minute kind of shit. And then we all meet up. Oh, we should do that. And we that's talk a- politics. Okay, on the internet, tell us if that's a good idea. Yes. Down ballot dykes. Hashtag down ballot dykes. What happened in Iowa and New Hampshire has made a bigger case for why Iowa and New Hampshire should not be the first two to go anymore. Yeah, I agree. They're just not representative of the country. Right. Like, I know we can like, continue to talk about the misogyny piece, but like, I really want to bring it back to that because you know the point that I was saying earlier about the fact that she's done everything right. Like I talk about all the time about if you walk into a room of Democrats and if it's not multiracial, mm-hmm. multi-ethnic, and multi-gendered, mm-hmm. you're not in the real Democratic room. No. You're, you're in, in a, a silo. Room. You're in a silo. Exactly. You're in a silo. And 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 every time you see the 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 E-dubs folks, I feel like it always looks like that. You yeah. know, and it's also the same thing with, with Sanders. I think yeah. the reality that I've come to realize, Twitter versus the real world, is yeah. that most real world people are with both of them. Oh yeah. And then and it's the personal bo- motivations and personal identities that drive you to separate. pick to pick one or the other. Yeah. Right? Like a hundred percent. Like yeah. why would like more like I could see why certain Latinos of a certain age of particular countries will be a Bernie supporter, especially yeah. for those that come from a leftist tradition yeah. that actually have a left tradition. Yeah. I can see how Bernie's call for a political revolution. People are like, well, shit, Hell yeah. this sounds similar. Let's do it, right? Let's do it. Um, for the same reason that you can see all the policy advocates, you know, that right. that, 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 um, that the, the nerds, right? Where policy's a love language. We policy love is a love language, we Diana. Love um, but, uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things, right? I know. It's it, it. You know what's so funny is I was texting with our friend Guy the other day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, you know, love me some guy, love me some guy, giving you a shout out, bro." Cultural revolutionary. I have a date with him in a few weeks. Like, I'm so excited. I'm jealous. Guys, have friend dates with your friends. It's really important. It is important. Have one on one with your people because if we don't Get know fucks. each other, we're not gonna we're not gonna survive. But our social arrangements produce our isms. Put that on a crew neck. God damn. That's where I'm at, y'all. That's come a, come that's on. A smart. That's okay. That's where we're at. But I was talking to him and he was like, ultimately, I went with Sanders because I liked his approach to Medicare for all and I liked the coalitions he, you know, turns mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's exactly why I'm with Elizabeth. And he was like, that's why they make different colored refrigerators, right? Like, it, it's just such a good, that's such you a know. Great way. And, and, yeah. and that's where we need to get to as well in the sense that it doesn't do us any good to like, look. Everybody has legitimate, like, things that they can raise on either side, whether you're a Bernie supporter or a Warren supporter about the other side, right? Like, 
It's just, life. It, it's right, but but what we can't do to each other is like continue to just like throw throw bones, like throw throw yeah. these spikes at each other. Because at the end of the day, y'all, we haven't won anything, and we're actually actively losing. Yeah. Um, and democracy is burning. It is on fire. It is on fire. I will say though, I just I know we disagree, but like. I'm sorry, but some of the gender Agreeing shit, to disagree is good. The, some of the gender shit that Bernie does, like, yes, we all need to come together and like do the whole thing. But like, I also need us to make space to be critical of him. And right now I don't feel like there's oxygen. But why is that important for, for, for to win in November, Gina? Because no, honestly, because I need a president who's going to be receptive and, and so, can, then, so you can, think you're, that's going to happen in the public, public, like we're going to have a public conversation. Elizabeth about Warren that? does it. She evolves well, in real time. So that's your Elizabeth. So just stay with her and I ignore will. ignore everything else. I will. And and but, but I'll but, still be mad about it. You no, can just... be mad about it, but I think that that's the problem that we all have. That like we think because you have a feeling that somehow you have to like constantly like have to express it, and you can still be exist. No one's asking you to change your your feelings yeah. at all. You know, in that sense, and that's why I say like we don't need to agree to disagree because yeah. you are your opinion matters to me like as is yeah right yeah. as is it matters right yeah. but what I <laughs> so want is nice. I'm like but what I want is all <laughs> to like be practicing and leaning more is how can I hold something that I mm. dislike about you but not make it the center of my interactions when I'm with you yeah that's a good or point. how about the fuck I just fucking ignore your ass because Lord knows I there's some people I can't fucking stand. So what do I do? I say the fuck away from you. I ignore you. I agree. I we can all hold multiple truths in this primary. Everybody's experience is valid. Mm -hmm. And I will... Except Donald Trump's. I'm sorry. Right. Well, so, he's not real. I, I will knock all of the packets for Bernie Sanders. I will be all over that like white on rice. Like, I am ready for it. But I want it to be Elizabeth. No, and if yeah. Amy Klobuchar and is the fucking nominee, guys, I I really need y'all to like. I really hope, wish y'all could see her fucking I face. It's too much. Will lose my goddamn mind. I will be so lit. That pea green that she has on her on her sign to tell you everything. It looks like that Midwest casserole. That it fucking, does. What's that nasty thing? Oh, the tater. That ta I don't know thing casserole. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican, so I have moments sometimes where I'm just like, that's a, like there's a level of like white people stuff that I just yeah. don't know. It's but beyond like it's I'm like, like a tater casserole. I'm like I'm like the folks I know around New England don't you know my don't my kinds of whites casserole. don't be doing that kind of food. So I'm like white. the ones I live around don't do that shit. I'm we do like, the chicken. Parm. I'm like, and I love me some chicken parm. I had some. You all, oh, you did me a solid today. Thank you. I did. I, I you know, I, I just saw you. You had that glow, that need for breaded chicken and, and carbohydrates. Oh, I see you. But back to me hating Amy Klobuchar. Okay, um, yes, sorry. I just, I just need to say this. Like, first of all, she voted for 65 percent of Trump's judges. She this week said there is room in the Democratic Party for pro-life people. I can't stand that. Which shit. no, there is. No, there is not. There is not. How about you just go make your own party? Or yeah. Go to the Republicans. Yeah. Honestly, like I think we need. It's okay to sort. Just go. Let's sort. Goodbye. <laughs> and she throws things at her staff. She is physically abusive to her staff. Well, I mean, I think on a bigger picture, I think like, she's, a, she's a reminder of, like, the extractive nature of politics. Yeah, Why, you know, I don't commit myself fully in terms of my, you know, my professional time to it um, 100% for yes. the same reason. Because um, it's that extractive nature within politics that, that, that makes such abusive behavior, not just hers, but others, others. just acceptable, right? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you know. 
whether it's sexual harassment or, or physical or physical stapler throwing or, you know, or, or making emotional, staffers, or emotional abuse. Making yeah, staffers me, shave emotional, your leg. You know, that's all emotional abuse, right? Like it just, you know, says more about each other, about who we are as a people that, that, that we say that it's okay to look the other way to that kind of behavior. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like, would you actually say that to your child? No. <laughs> like, well, so, maybe you would and that's a whole other thing. Oh, shit. That's no, a whole that's other a, thing. That's a whole other... But no, but honestly, at the end of the day, this is really just about like this, you know, this con- consistent like battery of like we need to go to towards the middle what is the middle when you have no guardrails what is the middle when you have no what vision? can somebody tell me what is the middle when there is no guardrails you're assuming this is a bell curve it's not there is a, there, what is this also like how is how can somebody as a person who has done <laughs> leadership right let's just say that basic sentence yeah. this goes for amy and for pete although he's barely had a career but like what the fuck are you running for? Like you're looking into the face of one of the most extreme bigot hatred bubbler uppers of a human in Donald Trump and you're like I want to give people the option to keep their shitty health care. Like fuck you. Like really we're going to take this time in our history to just moderate our way out? Like yeah. no, that is dumb. Well, I mean, I think it just continues to show just how, you know, political political funding is what determines, you know, the debate. Oh my God, I know. And Elizabeth and Bernie's approach to not doing it in that way is what makes them dangerous because they yeah. cannot be held to the to they can they don't they don't want to kiss the ring yeah the ring the ring will fuck it they will take it and throw it at you <laughs> literally they will throw it right back at you <laughs> literally oh, literally she she would <laughs> she probably has but no but it's actually like a really important point right that like that's actually why I need Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders like. I need both of your camps to fucking get along for the sake of democracy. Just, just suck it up. Like, fucking suck it up. Like, I'm not saying date a motherfucker. No. I'm not saying take him home. But be polite. But can we just, can we, exactly. Because at the end of the day, like, you're literally giving, you're giving them talking points. So much. You're you're teaching the Russian bots. You know? Like, we, I You're giving them, you're you're giving them material. You're giving them data. You know? Uh, But your feelings are fair and valid. Your criticism is fair and valid. But also, like, we we can't have Amy Klobuchar. So just everybody just try to... Take some deep yoga breaths and knock some doors. No, I know, but you know, I'm excited. We got we got Nevada coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got um, South Carolina and then Super Tuesday. Oi. Um, I think it's a total of about 1,700. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's 1,700 right. that, that gets distributed between all of those all of those. I might it might be a little bit more. 17. It's 1,700, and the what you have to get is 1,900. 1990. 1990. Yeah. That's but you know, but we're talking 1,700. But it's, it's like Texas, California, it's a lot of states. Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's all a lot those, of states. All the biggies. Yeah, it's all the yeah. biggies. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're all different rules. So like the way mm-hmm. that the delegates will be distributed mm-hmm. based on like you know, that's all. It's all good. So traditionally, Super Tuesday is when people clinch it. Yeah. But that's no, that's, that's not, not happening. That's not where we are. No. Even if there is a numerical clinch, like the egos in this race will never let. I that mean, happen. clearly. I mean, look at what's been happening all all around all around. month's democracy dumpster fire um it's america <laughs> it's literally america it's, it's lady liberty man lady Li- no i mean she's holding it down but it's just like the people <laughs> well, around but, but her but no but lady liberty they got her handcuffed right now they that's do. basically what it comes they, they got lady do. liberty handcuffed. Up against the car yes they do for real where is that there was like a nice mural like that a few like last year somewhere in vegas somebody did something like lady it was literally like the statue of liberty 
like over like a police squad, right? And like yeah. in handcuffs. Like it was like a, like some it was like some arch social justice <sighs> thing. It was like it. really dope. Um so cool. But so horrifying. Trump was acquitted and also impeached. He was acquitted. But also impeached. But also impeached. We can hold both truths. Um I think it's really I he's like we shouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah, I mean, no, of course not. And he's a, but I think but 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 I will go back to the point that I've said said all throughout last year is that it was still important to go through the entire impeachment proceedings even if it didn't end in an impeachment because of precedent guys like at the end of the day like also the 2020 theme is weed out the snakes right like as we were talking about we're building towards other things this year like any of these motherfucking senators who tell you anything are lying like look at them Fucking Lisa Murkowski, Susan oh, Collins. We knew what happened. Liars. I mean, listen, you're, Sarah you're, Gideon has a really good shot up she there. She does. She, she really has. That a really is a good... down ballot. That's a dyke. Good, that's moment. <laughs> that's a hashtag down ballot dyke. Situation. Well, that's why we do deep democracy, yeah. guys. I mean, look. I mean, I know we're, fo- we're focusing on the dumpster part, but yeah. we can we can talk about the the opportunities part, like like different, but like I, but it, but it's true. I mean, like the reality is, is that. The impeachment laid laid out uh, laid, it reshifted the conditions for looking at the at the at the Senate cycle this year, yeah. right? And I think that's just like a really important fact. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Um. So because I feel like without it, like it, in some ways, we would have just lost sight of the Senate altogether. Yeah, and I mean, I actually feel like North Carolina is now more in play mm-hmm. because of that, and also there's a lot like um, there are a lot of you know down ballot organizations that are focusing on places like North Carolina now which I think is really important Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah no I mean I think we should still lift up that it was really disappointing I mean what's crazy is that the saga continues the fact that like the the Roger Stone Stone shit and the fact that Barr is going to be testifying on the 31st of of March uh, uh, to talk about basically that he's a fucking, fucking corrupt fucking prosecutor basically yeah and he's gonna go in there and just like not apologize and not give a fuck and you know what we, and you know what CNN and Fox they're all just gonna scream about they're it all day they're loving it you know there's gonna ratings. be some there's gonna be I'm sorry I gotta say there's gonna be white tears about it all day white tears about white it all day white tears all day mm-hmm. and the rest of us are gonna be here rolling our fucking eyes like oh mm-hmm. here you go mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. boo hoo mm-hmm. the reality is our democracy has been officially robbed yep it's I mean, there, there are many there are many that can say that it's, it's been that it's, way for a while. It's been that way by design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to honor those that, that that feel that way too. But the reality is, is that this is trash. It's trash, and no one's gonna no one's gonna be held accountable for anything ever, ever. And I think what people don't realize is that what Trump was able to do through the course of an impeachment, from a Republican perspective, like looking mm-hmm. at it as a strategist, is mm-hmm. that he coalesced his power for at least a decade in that party, mm-hmm. like. Get get used to the names Ivanka. Get used to the name yep. Donald Trump Jr. Because yeah. that's 2024, y'all. That's 2028, y'all. So remember when I started this cast and I talked about looking at the next 10 years? Yeah. That's what Republicans started in 2020. Yeah. They started the decade the same way they've been approaching every mm-hmm. fucking decade. Methodically, calculated, and going through their plan. Yep. And here we are having, having fights about who gets to be at the dinner table. It is just a... You know, I grabbed a fucking soup soup spoon I'm sorry you're gonna hate me now are you gonna throw me off the bus if it's a pro-life soup spoon yes <laughs> and, but... and you see no no actually no, no, no that I'm is right, about, actually, that. No, right yeah. about that I thought it was something different no, oh no 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 I heard something different no no, no. no I agree with that no but well, like... that is the thing we need to dump the things that aren't serving us as a party because we're actually losing but it's not even just that it's not serving us it's also like what's equitable and just like well, are we true. gonna be the people be who lead who are a party that leads on actually on like tackling poverty mm-hmm. and providing reproductive resources to people and actually having an economy that works for everyone or are 
are we going to be the fucking I get my hair tone, my hair done in Georgetown every morning and I will not fight for lowering the cost of prescription drug party because that's where we're at right now. And that y'all make that choice. That's fine. The working families party looks great to me. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You want me to put my energy there? Good luck to you. <laughs> but just like going back to the crackles of the fire here, right? Like like it is a giant structural dumpster fire, right? Like the Trump impeachment, absolute trash. Roger Stone and our Justice Department completely compromised. Mm. Um, we can't even count the votes in Iowa, which like also how long has that been going on? Because there's no way that like we just poorly counted them this one time. Yeah, that makes it. You yeah. know, like just because the chairman was up his own asshole. But like. Like and that and then also we got Mike Bloomberg purchasing an election. We got aunties all over the country liking Tom Steyer because he's like running these crazy ads. Like it's just it's so it's not about to be dystopian. It is dystopian. And like I want to honor and lift up that we are all living in our own day to day lives. And that shit is real and present. And like mm-hmm. it's been very unnerving to me how everything's crumbling around me. And I'm still like living my life and pursuing my truths, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know where I'm going with this. But I just want to honor that it's all on fire and we all deserve to like be stressed about it, but mm-hmm. also be present in our own lives. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, you're speaking, you're speaking truths, and you know. to be said, it's a great reflection to share with our listeners the truth is, I mean, because I think a lot of times in the midst of the of the of the jokes, right, and the and the satire, and and you know, and the truth behind all this shit, like, it's real, it's real, it's real, and 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 you know, and it's been real, but now it's like, and I I, you, I hate it when you say this, but I know that you're right, Wilnaya. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Like this is just the tip of the shit iceberg. Yep. yep. You know? And more more importantly, it's this is what it looks like when something is dying. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody tweeted after Iowa, they were like, It really feels like we're living through the decline of our nation. And I was like We are. We absolutely are. I mean I had this conversation with someone, I don't know who it was, it doesn't really matter. And I like just said it as a matter of fact. I was like, oh, because Angela Merkel is like, you know, the leader of the free world, you know, yeah. da, da, da. and they're like, wait a second. We're like, when did that happen? I'm like what? Do you not read like fucking like international news? No one fucks with us. We don't get invited. We don't get invited. They openly make fun of our president at cocktail parties now. Yeah, as they should. Openly. I mean, and no one apologizes. And no one has to apologize for it. You I, know what I mean? It's. I mean, it's just like it, also like Macron is too neoliberal. Justin Trudeau's is just a pretty boy. Like Macron she's got his in own charge. Bullshit. I mean, you know, the people of France got 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 their got their own fight. That's I'm like, I'm, other, here, I'm here, for, I'm here for them and their fight. I was like, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's 100% what that is. is. But, but, you know, but I do think that, like, we're talking about a, a larger thing here. And the reality is, is that we have more in coming, common, excuse me, with mm-hmm. Duarte in, Fili- in, the, in, the, in the Philippines mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, when you think about the axis of evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing Jesus. back old old Bush W. W. Bring him the book W back. Um, no. <laughs> that's ax- We're in the axis of evil, man. Like, we really are. And, and don't get Ugh. me wrong, like. I don't, I'm not in the, I don't believe in the narrative of like good versus bad. That's just a fucking old story that we just need to let fucking die. But if things are dying, that means that we need to shape what's happening, right? Right. And that's really what this shit's all about. Because once the fire's over, what's going to happen? Listen, some phoenix has to rise from the ashes and I need it to be Medicare for all. (laughs) That's how I feel. And abortion. And abortion. (laughs) Abortion's for everybody. Shoot him out of a t-shirt cannon is truly how I feel. That's probably the most liberal thing I feel. I'm like, everybody should get an abortion if they want one. Well, definitely. If Call they me want. lit. If Definitely if they want one. But no, it's, um, you know, and it's crazy, too, because, like, 
it just it's like I just keep on saying it there is no bottom y'all there just is, is no, no bottom. bottom there is no bottom and I think that we need to just strap on tight and just fucking keep on going. What's so funny over there? It's there is no bottom, and we need to strap on tight. Oh damn! Sorry, I'm sorry. Your gay energy is my, just my, my queer energy. I did just... say that in 2020, I'm going to lean into my queerness. More. As you should, you know. So I wanted to take time on this podcast episode to lift up our amazing producer, Amy Westervelt. Um, She is our fairy godmother podcast woman, um, and she has the best like environmental activist podcast out there. There's so many unique stories about how fucked our environment is and where it's really come from and all the different layers. Like I just can't recommend it enough. It's the Drilled Podcast. Uh, It's on the Critical Frequency. It's on our podcast channel, Family, um, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast anyway we love you Amy we love ya everybody listen to the podcast women supporting women y'all that's how it happens lift while you climb this month on the podcast we are so excited to have Norbasi Flint Norbasi is the policy director and manager of reproductive justice programs at Black Women for Wellness She directs reproductive and environmental health policy, organizes community advocacy, and manages reproductive and sexual health programming, as well as civic engagement. Norbasi is a pop culture chick who is a blapster, sci-fi nerd, and typography enthusiast. She loves politics, traveling, and ratchet trap music, and all things Bob's Burgers and Marvel Comics. We are so excited to have you on the show. Why do you do what you do? Um, <laughs> just a casual question. Just a casual, you know. Just a casual. Uh, why do I do what I do? Mm-hmm. So I think who else is going to do it? That's my Ooh. short answer. I guess it goes into like what, who I am and what I, what I believe, right? And so I um, am a staunch believer in the possibility of a world that is living and thriving and that black women could be seen as full people. And I come from a family that is like, you need to walk your talk. And so, you know, I'm all on the sidelines, like, yo, we need to do this and we need to do that. And, you know, I want to be, I want to see this future. And I thought I need to get in the game. Mm-hmm. That is that is powerful. That is powerful. And can you um can you talk a little bit about the work that you do at Black Women for Wellness and sort of and how you got to that role? Uh, kicking and screaming is not. Um, so, <laughs> so Black Women for Wellness is a nonprofit committed to the empowerment, health, and well-being of Black women and girls. We were founded in 1997 by seven Black women who all come from different areas of the public health space and weren't seeing the right amount of attention given to the issues impacting Black women. 
We are a reproductive justice organization that does a ton of different work that I could spend all day talking about, so I'm not going to bore folks with that. It's not boring, to be clear. <laughs> We're here. We're the, deeply to be, here to be for clear, it. This yeah. is why we do this show, right? Yeah. Because the, we, yeah. spend the first, we spend the first 45 minutes making jokes about how our democracy is, is trash and is on fire. Yeah. And then we pivot to amazing people like yourself that are actually doing the real work on the ground that yeah. is not fire and that's actually like trying to transform and heal um, where we are and what mm-hmm. we're trying to do. So please talk about your work okay. and yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually really sad that I missed the trash part because I love like talking about like, the trash. Um, we can relight it, you know. <laughs> you can always relight it at whatever moment you want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But we have several different programs from civic engagement that we do, uh, you know, knocking doors college folks, and particularly Black women and Black households that build electoral power. We have an environmental program looking at personal care products that Black folks use and the chemicals in them and if they're safe to use and work on policy to ban the ones that are not. We have a like regular reproductive and sexual health program um, that we work with schools, teaching culturally competent sexual education and working with young folks around creating reproductive plans. We have a food justice program that we teach people in food deserts how to cook with food locally bought healthier um, and then go out with gardens and team up with community gardens and farmers markets to bring food into those neighborhoods. And then there's my work. That is our policy work looking mostly at the state level of how to dismantle, to make an institutional things that oppress Black folks. And that's everything from repro to criminal justice that we work on here at BWW. What's a priority uh, bill that you guys are, are working on this year? Just curious. Oh, God. Uh, that's what's been like kind of like my life has been studying around because our <laughs> bill introduction uh, is next week. Um, gotcha. So we are carrying about five bills this year, which is a big load for us. That's a pretty um, big load. Everything yeah, from... Removing co-pays to abortion from abortion access, mm. working around uh, making sure that foster youth don't fall out, of the, uh, uh, fall into the cracks of the system, and making sure that they get sex education. Pilot programs for the doulas in 14 counties that are hardest hit with infant and maternal mortality of Black women. Mm. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are working on removing the most toxic of toxic chemicals out of products that are sold in California. We're also working on fragrance disclosure, personal and beauty care products that you can know what's in the fragrance. Because right now you just have fragrance and that can actually hold about 200 chemicals. We are expanding services to low-income folks. And then one thing that we're cooking on and hopefully you can get it popping is a bill around uh, removing supervision for nurse midwives where they're able to practice to the full extent of their licensure. That's awesome. And, you know, that's that's a lot. Uh, That is a lot to hold. Um, So I hope you're like taking some melatonin or something at night because I wouldn't I don't know how you turn your brain off. Um, But I'm curious, like, what's your when you say those are your bills, like what has the process been like working with the legislature? Like, do you have do you build relationships with, you know, individual representatives or like how what does that advocacy process look like for y'all? It works a lot like what is at the the capital or D.C., the federal level, but just like on a, a, a smaller environment. And so 
there are about like 2,000 bills that get introduced every year, two to 3,000 bills that get introduced in California every year. Most of our legislators don't know this. Like, they don't come from a lot of these fields. So they depend on community organizations like ourselves, like other orgs, to like help them understand these issues. And so mm-hmm. what we do at Black Women's Wellness is we actually draft legislation. So we're like, we think of ourselves as like the progressive, like, Alex, um, along with other organizations that we work with very closely and bring them to legislators and say, like, hey, there's an issue that we've identified in our community. Would you be willing to author this and carry this and champion this through the state legislator? And showing up both personally and professionally, the people, the staff, as well as the organization showing up on behalf of Black women so we know we're a trusted source in the neighborhood and so people understand that, including our legislators, and come to us knowing that um, that we don't play no games when it comes to the health and wellness <laughs> yes. of and our people. And when you say, I, I want to I dig in a little bit there when you say you don't play no games. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about how, how, how it is that you guys do that part, right? Because um, obviously you guys are working with people, you know, you're not doing this for people, right? You're not doing this for black women, right? Um, it's by and made by, you know, for black women in that way. So mm-hmm. I just want to hear about that more. Like, what is, how is it that you guys are doing that work in, in community with, um, not in community with black women, but you know what I mean, like as activists in this, in this work. I just want to just hear a little bit more about that. Right. So I think that we've been unapologetic about who we represent and we say the things that need to get said and take whatever bobock that comes with it. Right. And then we name names. If we need to name names, we do the championness as well and say thank you for the people who champion our causes. But we don't tiptoe around when people are acting a fool in our neighborhoods of saying that they're acting a fool, right? And I think that's given us the reputation of knowing that we don't play politics as usual. You can't come for our necks and think that we're not going to say nothing. And so in in 2012, you all launched the Voting Rules Everything Around Me campaign, and it seems like... Free, got the money! (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it, guys, sorry. Um, It seems like, you know... That electoral work really, I have to assume, enhanced this don't fuck with us vibe y'all have. So can you can you talk more about that and, and sort of how that campaign came to be and, and what have you learned since since um, Black Women for Wellness has really engaged in electoral work? Yeah, so that actually has been super instrumental in building the power of the organization. So before we did community organizing and we were good at it. But there wasn't a sophistication to it, right, in terms of, like, how are we strategically looking at how we are building power in places to then wield that power both in, like, policy but in cultural affairs as well, right? Um, Because I don't want to make it seem like um, doing the cultural work is not as important as doing the policy work. You know, there's a quote that we grabbed. I think it's from from their from their website, right, Gina? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. I feel like it's a it's a really strong statement that often gets lost, especially in the in the in the political environment that we mm-hmm. find ourselves, right? And when I say political environment, you know, that's you know whether the reality within California, right, or even nationally, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quote is the following: It's not about supplication; it's about power. It's not about asking, it's about demanding. It's not about convincing those who are currently in power. It's about changing the very face of power itself. What does that mean, right? Like, why is that important? 
Right. So we have a little motto in our uh, office is like turning black girl magic into black woman power. Um, and that is, I think, for us, how we roll, right? Like, we know that black women have been showing up mm-hmm. for years in terms of voting. We have been showing up for our families. We've been the backbone of civil rights movement. We have been in our communities for a long time doing the work. And there was research that came out a few years ago that said that Black women were the least thought about when making political decisions. And taking that into uh, consideration, the fact that we show up and vote, that we give our money, we put our bodies on the line, that people need to be thinking about us. And so for us, it's not about asking for, like, can you step aside for a seat at the table with the mandate and taking that power that we belong at the seat of the table because we made the table. Yes, yes, boo. You damn damn right you made the table. And so that's essentially the the work and how we look at the work Mm -hmm. is, like we are taking the space that's rightfully ours, mm-hmm. not that we should be timidly asking for inclusion into mm-hmm. things that we have would not be there without the back and the work and the sweat and the blood mm-hmm. and the tears and the death mm-hmm. of black women mm-hmm. and girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. yes. And let Just, me, you know, uh, my only follow up question to that, because obviously there's no, you know, it's all crystal fucking clear, mm-hmm. right? Um, what would you say to other other black organizers who resist doing the work in which the way in which you guys are doing it? I want to say there's no wrong way to do the work. I mean, there is a wrong way to do the work, but like there are different ways people can show up to do the work. Yes, right? and it's yes, important. yes, yes. I know that like we stand on the shoulders of giants who did work mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in different ways in order for us to be as bold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as we are, right? Mm -hmm. What I wish Mm -hmm. is that there was a space that we could be and have more conversations with Black organizers about how we are approaching this work, right? And that understanding that if you are working here on policy and you're working here on the ground and you're working here on the culture work, that is all relevant, but how do we move towards a common goal? And then also discussing the common goal. Mm-hmm. Like, I am in this for, like, a liberated space for everybody, right? I'm not mm-hmm. in this to recreate oppression with Black folks on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a particular distinction sometimes when we're thinking about how we are doing our organizing work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, some of us, because of the trauma and the the lived experiences and the the real kind of day-to-day hustle of like trying to live and breathe in this space, it, I don't want to say prevents us, but it can hamper our ability to vision uh, what a future looks like mm-hmm. that inclusive of all that we are not in trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we're coming from those spaces, that it's hard for us to vision, not understand that. But I also think that it's a space that we need to take time to do that healing work, that trauma work that we also need to do while we're working on our organizing work. Mm-hmm. 
So I would never stand how like other folks are coming to the way we approach the work um, or the way they are doing the work. Mm -hmm. I will just say I wish we had some more space to like be a bit more sophisticated in how we attack the vision. It's a question I I ask a lot of a lot of organizers, honestly, and well, and not just organizers in general, but like black women and other and, and, and women of color that that are engaging in this work. Right. Because the reality is, is that we all keep on saying the same thing that we want this like in between space, right? Because for too long, we've been in this false debate about what tactic is better. And that's not what the conversation should be about, right? Um, it should really be about like, how are we, how is how is our work actually informing each other? And how are we building relationships with one another so that as we're moving through this ecosystem and actually doing the work, we actually have relationships with one another as opposed to just knowing our bios, right? So I just want to just really just say how much I appreciate the way you you really sort of approached it. It's so easy to put a shiny object in front of someone, right? Um, and say, go do that and, you know, I'll give you $10 million, right? But it's not as simple as that, right? Um so I'm going to shift shift gears here a little bit with some of the the questions we have in front of in front of us. So I actually want to take you a little bit a little bit back. So I know you started your your sort of your your career in service here as a as a as a journalist, but I'd love for you to just share a little bit more about sort of like what that journey has been like for you, both in the professional and the personal. So I would say like what's very central to who I am, and I'm going to get to what you asked in a second, but. It's important part. So I am a like a complete and utter nerd, right? Like I always talk about Star Trek. I like literally like one of my dreams is to teach like a full class on like the next generation and our DC comics. Um, <laughs> and so like like I am like all deep into that space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I say this because it also has framed the way I think about the future. So I was raised in a household that also really loved Star Trek, right? Um, And so there was always this possibility of this thing that, like, we can be in a space that, like, um, that people were seen as full people and that Black people were in the future, right? Um, Which I think is super important. And so that has always been kind of like my journey of like, how do we get to that future? How do we make sure that black folks are in this future? And I was like, um, like my mom started a black women for wellness and my cousin started sister love. So there's two folks in my family who are super RJ heads. Right. <laughs> and Dazon um, was at that original meeting. I think she was at the original meeting where RJ came like the the term of RJ came up. So that has always been ingrained in like the family, right? Um, and so because of that, I was like, I'm never going to work in a nonprofit in my life. I was like very, was like, like, that's a lot of work and nobody got no money. But I hear you. I, hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to save the world with my gumshoe reporting. Right? <laughs> and so I went to school for journalism did the political beat while I was in college, also did sports, learned a lot of interesting things there. And then, you know, did my like internship, uh, my first internship at like a major organization doing local news. And like 
the news feed at that time was just starting to change. It's not as kind of wild as it is now with the 24-hour news cycle, but just on the precipice, right? So I was the last class to take radio. They are moving to podcasts after that, me. And the news that we were doing was a lot of like mom and pop stuff. Um, not to say that's not important, but kind of like golden retrievers. They've like a five-year-old by like barking at a fire truck, right? So a lot of feel-good stuff and not kind of the gumshoe stuff, right? And I was just like, oh, well, you know, where's the investigative report? And they're like, oh, honey, that's that. No, there's no budget for this. Um, like, yeah, like, no, like, no. So I was like, okay, well, that's fun. I just, you know, spent all this money getting a degree in this. Um, let me figure out what I'm going to do with my life. But in the meantime, because repro has always been what I know, I'm going to get ingrained in my family. Um, I had like volunteered on campus, volunteered in different um, spaces to do like doing reproductive work, right? Like peer educating, working at the clinic and on campus, all that stuff, right? Um, and so I was like, maybe just fall into the stuff that I already know. So I was like, I'm going to go try my, my hand at doing some, like, light nonprofit work, right? And I did. Dip my toe. Um, I'm going to dip my toe. <laughs> <laughs> See what that looks like. And I just remember being in spaces where there weren't a lot of folks of color, but they were talking about a lot of people of color. And this is right when they were having conversations about place-based health, right? And this is around that time when folks were thinking about zip codes and how your life expectancy can change very differently in your, because of zip codes and discovering that racism is a, a health indicator. Woo! And so it was like, it was coming in that face stuff that like people of color had like known for a very long time. Um, it's been like, yes, you are telling me my life. And so it was, so I'm in these spaces and I'm like, why aren't there folks of color here? And there was this kind of, kind of snarky remark that was told to me was like, well, people, there's not a lot of people of color who are able to talk about these issues at a high level. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Such, Um, such. What white feminist said that to you? (laughs) (laughs) Gina comes hard. Gina comes hard. (laughs) Who did that? Um, Well, she's still around, so I'm not going to (laughs) say. Of course she is. (laughs) Gina, of course she is. Let's not let everybody to keep their day jobs, Gina. Okay. All right. We're we're leaving hate in 2019. (laughs) Yes. yes, But I can bring my contempt with me. (laughs) You motherfucker. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) So it just really stuck with me. And I was just like, ugh. So first let me, you know, spin up a ton of money putting some letters behind my name so people can take me seriously and then really wanted to do a deep dive in that work because like if the folks who are leading this work had the kind of mind frame that only people with advanced degrees and you know who are super articulate and look a certain way should be engaged in this work, um, then we have a problem on 
like my vision, right, that Star Trek vision of Black folks in the future, right? And so went to grad school, had the most racist time, like had the most races I've ever been in. Didn't you come to Boston for grad school? Uh, Yeah, I went to Boston and it was so sorry. Sorry. Um, so, it's very like, racist here, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm never coming back here. So we don't take it personal. I we understand. Do not. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you have to come to Boston by a certain age in your life as a as a as a black person or mm-hmm. a person of color. And if and if you and if you actually grew up in a community with like actual black people or actual other people of color, mm-hmm. no, nobody likes Boston. Like you, you, don't, you, no one likes Boston. Like that's been my experience the whole time. I think. I wasn't prepared the right way because it was like it was like a black uh, governor at the time. It was about Patrick was the governor. It was like maybe a little bit after the the beer gate um, that happened. But like I was just all like, oh, but you know, we got Obama in office, the Vault Patrick. We're going to Massachusetts. Everybody was making it. Remember like that time, like, girl. Remember that time. Damn. <laughs> We had a reason to believe. We all did, sis. We all did. And then Boston was like, ooh, mommy, sit down, honey. Let me tell you what we talking about here. I was like, oh, oh, this is like old school racism. Cool. I no, I mean, and if you find a, if you ever find like American studies literature, you know, make like, references to Boston as like the, the little south of the north. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, this was like, I need to go back to California. Um, I understand to California. LA. We don't have snow, um, at least where I live. Um, so the winter also kissed my butt. And I was just like, I'm going to work here. And so I was just like, I'm just, maybe the, the world is telling me I just need to live in the Southwest. So I came back and was just like, I'm not going to work in L.A. because I'm a new Bay Area person because, you know, I went to school in the Bay. Um, and also was like, again, was like, mm, somebody needs to be a family to make money. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to work here at Black Moose Wellness just for a minute. And then 10 years later. Um, wow, you've been there for here. 10 years. Wow. Talk about like, like growing something. That's Literally. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I realize no, that it's been a journey. Um, yeah, well, that's why we wanted to ask that question because it's you know so many like unique stages to it, right? But yeah. yet you've remained in this in this you know like, like as you started the conversation, like your sort of why you do what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's you know just like I saw it so clearly in the in the journey that you just shared. You yeah. know, um, sorry, I just like yeah. <laughs> Like, I appreciate Black Women Kiwanis gave me the space to, for me to become the full self that I am and being able to explore the different ways in which we do work, right? Because, like, RJ is very intersectional. So I got the, the ability to both look and see how we can get to the future, but also grow with the organization, right? Because we've done a lot of growth in the last 10 years. And do the hands-on work that needs to be done right now, right? Because there are two things that I um, I always try to keep in mind, right? So we need to, like, if we're thinking about the river, I've used this metaphor before, we need to, like, make sure that we're pulling the bodies out of the water, right? Jumping in and pulling the bodies out 
but we're also needing to go up and making sure or trying to figure out how they're getting into the river in the same anyway, right? And like we have this space in which we can do both of those things. Um, and it's been a growth also just seeing the people who have been in the space with me, right? I think the biggest thing that I'm also taking is like how do we take the lessons that we've learned and deliver that to the new crew of people, right, that are coming in and create the conditions within the reproductive justice movement, create the conditions within Black for Wellness that they are able to foster and be them full selves, but also have longevity in the in the movement. Yeah. And it, it's not, that is like so amazing. That is something that Wilnelia and I talk about a lot in our work is like the purposefulness through which we need to bring up the next class, particularly in the reproductive justice space is like takes a lot of self-reflection as well as self-awareness, you know. Um, so that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's a really important it's really important because, I mean, we, we know this, right? The burnout factor in our in our in our work is like so high. Right. And and sometimes we we romanticize or glamorize the person that's always busy or like the one that's like always like never has any time to like, you know, just stop and breathe. Right. And I think, you know, it's so powerful what you what you share, because I think it's and that's exactly why we're doing this. Right. Because I want other people to like really, really understand that, like, it's that why you do it's that why that should be driving your choices and not the other way around. And if what you're do, if you're in a particular environment or a community or an organization or what have you or, or, or school <laughs> that doesn't fit that personal that, that that why, then you shouldn't be there. And it doesn't mean that, like, it was a mistake. It doesn't mean that, like, somehow you, you fucked up. It just means it just wasn't your fit, right? And, like, and but you don't let go of your of your why, right? Your why doesn't, like, you don't have to give up on that part, right? It's about figuring out, like, where am I going to be allowed? Or not allowed, but where can I actually be my full self, right? Um, uh, and building the kinds of organizations, right, um, that allow individuals to, like, actually be their full selves, right? Um, and in, in a way that allows us to bring joy into the work so that we actually just literally, like, on a human level, actually enjoy each other. <laughs> so there are two questions we ask everybody who comes on our show. The first question is mine. I ask, how do you care for yourself? And not in the, like, capitalistic, like, sense of self-care, but, like, what what is something that you do for yourself to make you, to sustain your wholeness? Right. Uh... I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think a couple of folks have asked me that, and I'm like, ooh, what have I been doing? Um, <laughs> you know, it's been pretty dumpster fire lately. Um, yeah, no, we understand. But I think, um, so it's like the cheesy stuff in the sense of like, so Star Trek has a new oh, uh, oh, thing okay. with Picard. Um, so there's two. There's Picard oh. and Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Um, I'm going to nerd out for two seconds. I was watching it, the first episode, um, and just got super, super excited and remember how much I missed, like, this conversation about, like, things, uh, I don't know, this is a conversation, but this uh, it wasn't about, like, people in the sense of, like, we need to prove that they're human, <laughs> But, like, actually questioning, like, asking us to question, like, what makes us human, right? Um, what binds us together and also um, the possibility of what we could do together. 
And like, you know, for those 43 minutes, I'm like super happy. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is interesting. Oh man, that's an actual good question. And like, oh, like, what else what I would do in this situation, right? Um, so like that's one of the things that I do. Um I do also like I have a dope crew of homies. Um, yeah. They are <laughs> they are my people. A lot of them are in this movement as well. Um, and so we try to like every month do something together, even if it's just kicking it at somebody's house um, with some wine and talking about, like, what's going on in the world um, and then hyping each other up. Mm, um, that's what I love. I love those nights. <laughs> right? Um, but, like, like I couldn't rock without them. They're, they're my folks, right? Because um, even with, like, even if it's go to the professional, I was like, I don't know if I could uh, get this done. Somebody will step in and be like, what you need, I can write that for you. Uh, like, let me get this done for you. And so just, um, you know, those are my people. Um, and it just also reminds me, again, of just how important human contact is um, and how uh, sometimes it's just so underrated, right, of just sitting and chilling and talking to somebody and about nothing and shooting the breeze. Um, and how it's a privilege, right, to be able just to sit in, like, somebody's space and be able to do that. So, yeah, those are my, like, two main things. I love it. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Oh, the homies. Oh, my homies waiting for me. I'm going to be hanging out with her soon in the next few hours to do the same, exactly the same thing, yes. girl. Galentine Day session. Um, so my question is, um, and if you need context, let me know, but I feel like you'll, you'll understand this, but, um, but just let me know. What is your call to joy and justice? Ooh. Um, I think my call in terms of joy is when somebody gets it. Like, so... Uh, my partner is not from this movement at all, like at all. And I remember having a conversation like, yeah, man, this is it. Do you know this is going on on a local level? And he was like, what? What? <laughs> um, and then like getting to the place now that he's calling me like, yo, so I was listening to Democracy Now! this morning and... <laughs> You know, yes. Bloomberg is woo 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 And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, and I say this in the sense of, like, just an example of just, like, I love going into the community and having those, like, real conversations. Because they bring me hella joy. Um, and just being, like, you know, it also brings me space of humility and also uh, reminds me to have grace right because not everybody starts in the same place right but um it always forces me to re-evaluate how i talk to talk about things in a way that makes sense to the people i care about which is my community right and so um when i like you know give a presentation like go door to door you know just shooting the breeze with folks on the blog and, like, 
they come out like, okay, I got you, right? And then they come back and be like, yo, I just, uh, you tell me who to, how to vote on this? Or like, you know, exactly. I'll see knocking doors? Or like, <laughs> you know, are telling somebody else about what I just said? Like, exactly. nah, nah. Let me tell you why we need Yo, to Yo, let me tell you what homie just told me. Like. Let me tell you, man. Let me tell you this fucked up thing that they're going to do to us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the movement. Like, yes. the... <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. well um, I love that you shared that as your joy because, honestly, that's my joy, too, a lot of mm. times. You know, um, and, you know, I'm not a... Um, I'm not a I'm not a mother, but I feel like in the, in that sense, like that's the that's the closest thing to the that that kind of joy that I feel that that, that this work allows me to like you know bring. So, so thank you for for reminding me of that. Um, and and thank you for giving us you know well it's not Friday it's still it's well Friday. it's California so yeah. it's one o'clock so yeah. I guess you yeah. gave us your lunchtime yeah um, so so I appreciate you giving us uh, you giving us your lunchtime um, and I know that we'll be seeing each other at some yes. point in the in the trajectory of the of the of the work itself um, but um, don't don't forget to take care of yourself mm-hmm. you know get the work done and spend that time with, with your with your home skillet so that you can make it through this year right mm-hmm. yeah um, thank thank. Thank you so Thank you so much. Like, and space. Um, if you ever want to talk trash about elected officials, or not just elected officials, let me say, white feminists. Oh, we're always here for it. Politics. Yes. I'm all the way here for it. Yes. All right, all right. You, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know it, girl. You know it. We got a, we got a big drink in our future for sure. Oh, we definitely do. Yes. <laughs> That's it for this month. Don't forget to subscribe to Deep Democracy on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you won't miss our next episode. Deep Democracy is produced and distributed by Critical Frequency. Our producer, Amy Westervelt. Our theme song is We Can't Slow Down by Origami Pigeon. Our cover art was drawn by Alejandra Ballesteros. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Oh,